Warning, this podcast may offend some people unintentionally. So if you get offended easily, you are advised to turn off now. And if you're still here listening, thanks and enjoy the show. What's up with the world? It's your boy CBJ. You are tuned in to Sleep Talking Podcast. I have my uh, returning guest, Michelle Bernard, back again. We're going to talk, just see how this conversation goes. Not a real structure to this. We're just going to kind of talk about some different topics. And uh, just, Michelle, you want to say hi? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be back uh, for this uh, episode because it's, you know, something I just learned about that you, you know, taught me earlier this month. So I'm really eager to jump right on in again. (laughs) All right. Well, like I said, this is for those that don't know, we just kind of have conversation and let it go wherever it goes. Um, After the last podcast, I don't know. Did you get any feedback from anybody? Did anyone talk to you about it? Um. Only you, technically, but I haven't really gotten a lot of feedback about it. Um, yeah. Did any of your listens go up afterwards? Like, oh, your podcast absolutely. Itself? Yes. My huh. listener uh, ratings definitely increased after the podcast with you. And the one with my niece, actually, hers has surpassed mine, <laughs> which was the oh, number wow. one episode. So, and That's she's awesome. 15. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, she's still tuned into a bigger network, right? Like when you're still in high school, you have a um, lot more people that to talk to and network and whatnot like that. So I'm sure that helps out a lot. Well, when she enters in high school, she, yeah, but right now she's oh, still she, in eighth grade. Uh, well, even still, middle school, yeah. high school, like you're still. But my point is, like, your circle is probably five or six people on a regular basis, yep. let alone when you're in high school, you have 30 kids at any given moment. That's <laughs> that's the difference. The things that I wish I would have known back then versus now, as far as for, like, the importance of networking and talking to those people and, the, like, the views you could get at that age uh, definitely gets you a jump on things whenever you're uh, getting into something like podcasting or even acting or anything like that. Yeah. And it's ironic that you just said that about my niece, you know, her having that crowd of people that they still talk to and things like that. You know, I work from home and I tend to not get out and talk to people in the crowds. And I feel like one of the things about the topic that we're going to get into is that it wasn't talked about at all. Like um, they literally this this topic that we're about to get into, they still to this day, a hundred years later, are traumatized from what happened. And, right. you uh, know, now I feel like it is important for us to talk to our neighbors. So that's a great point that you bring up because you never know what happened because it's not in the history books. Right. Well, it's there, but it's not taught. <laughs> it's definitely well, in the history books. You can look it up. Well, yeah, you can hook it up in the encyclopedia. You can look it up on the government sites. You can look it up, but you have to go looking for it, and you have to know that it's there to even look for it, you know? Yeah. So you have to talk to people to learn about it, and that's what I'm happy that we're doing this because I didn't know anything about it, and after, like, watching a few episodes, reading about it, you know, and I'm furious. Right. Um before we get into it, I just wanted to say, like, so initially, uh, this topic, I was thinking, like, 
it's right up your alley with what you're doing with your podcast. Mm-hmm. So when I showed it to you, it was more of like, oh, you know, just as an idea for your podcast. <laughs> and then we were talking and then it sounded like, oh, we're going to do it on my podcast. Cool. Which wasn't a big deal. I don't care. It, you know, it's a conversation that should be had, uh, not just once, but multiple times. So feel free yeah. to steal it, use it on your podcast as well, or talking point for you uh, moving forward. But after our last conversation, I just so happened to be on, I don't know, YouTube or TikTok, whatever it was, ran across this uh, clip where it was uh, Tom Hanks, right? That was saying yes. how he had never heard about the uh, Tulsa massacre. And now it wasn't the first time I seen it. I had heard about it. I knew a little bit about it. Ironically, um, I want to say during the pandemic, so like around 2020, um, I still knew about it prior to it, but I did some more research into it at that time. Um, I want to say I even probably touched on it on this podcast at the time because there was, I don't remember what the situation was, but there was riots that were just starting. And what I found interesting to those riots that were just starting at the time was it was almost a year or like almost a hundred years to the day that those riots that were starting was at the same time that the Tulsa riots started. Ah. And I I wish I could pinpoint what happened. Um, if I could if I could go through my phone at the moment, I would probably do some research on it at the moment. I think but. that what you're talking about it happened in 2020. That what you're bringing up because it would have been exactly 100 years. Um, I was reading an article about it too because it's just what I learned about the Tulsa. What they tried to call it a riot when it's really a massacre because what we don't know is what we haven't uncovered because they just started to uncover the truth of this entire story in 2018, literally digging bodies out of the ground. Right. Well, again, the the survivors, I believe there was, uh, last I heard, it's been maybe again a couple of years, maybe she's not there anymore. But there was at least one survivor still there, and she still didn't want to talk about it for fear of what could happen. And this was almost 100 years later, <laughs> and because she was a little girl at the time in which it happened around her. And, uh, and I want to say that she was probably not necessarily, I want to say she wasn't, maybe she, her mom was pregnant with her at the time or something like that, but it was still like, she was born after it and it was still like a product to everything that happened, but it was like, a, as you talk about the product of the environment, now there's a fear of speaking of this or doing anything that could cause such said actions to happen again. But man, I really wish I could remember what riots started in 2020 at this time. That was almost, like I said, almost a hundred years later that I was like, man, what are the odds? Uh, was there a shooting or something that happened in Oklahoma in 2020? And maybe there was riots afterwards. I don't remember. I but mean, I do remember. every website up in that has this. I mean, down to Harvard. I mean, everybody knows about the details of this. But what you're talking about is that there was like a a, a memorial riot. Is that what you're trying to say? No, there was um, there was some some influx in uh, racial 
situations. This cop did something, something happened, which was causing riots and I don't remember exactly what it was. I'll look it up. Yeah, we, yeah, we have to look it up because I want to know what you're talking about. Are you saying it's a riots broke out in like recent times based on the mm-hmm. fact that something happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma was, back I, in 2021? I, I found it was um, ironic that we were going through the same racial oh, issues like a hundred years later. Gotcha. We're still battling the same issues. Um, and I can't remember exactly what it was. And I will look it up while we were talking throughout this. Um, but nonetheless, um, so I remember the first time I had heard about this was Black Wall Street. Yep. This is this is what I had known prior to the massacre. So I remembered when I first heard of it was probably the, um, the rapper of the game. He called his his gang that he had or his entourage black wall street, which was supposed to be um, a united group of black people that said, you know what, we're going to put quick gang banging. We're just going to say we're black wall street because we're going to get along. We're doing something better than doing this divide based on colors and turfs and things of that nature, which I thought was a great message at the time in the early two thousands, which is what introduced me to looking up what is black wall street. So he had mentioned like, oh, this is based off of Black Wall Street idealism. And so made me go look into that, which I had learned about Black Wall Street. Then I also learned the dark side to Black Wall Street of that during that time of all these Black people uh, flourishing, making great things happen for themselves and their community, uh, wound up getting torched down uh, to their detriment of being prosperous, right? Like it wasn't they did nothing wrong. They were just prospering, living their best lives, and white people didn't like it. And so they torched Tulsa. Yeah, I'm reading a quote from someone that says the reason, one of the reasons why they did it was like, how dare these Negroes have a grand piano in their house and I don't have one in my house? That envy, that jealousy. I mean, it rings true that people have some really like dark sides to them. And you never know until you do better than them how they really feel. And right. I think the entire community of Greenwood District, so, Tulsa, Oklahoma, definitely knows that story to be true. So what I'm seeing that probably happened in 2020, that this was George Floyd. Correct. So, yeah, I found that as so, well. So in 2020, George Floyd happened, which everyone, you know, other than then the minorities had a problem with, well, they should just listen to the police and da 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 But it set off a set of riots in 2020, which again, this th- this time when I was doing the podcast, it got too heavy for me because like music got really deep. It got really political where people were doing remaking songs from the 60s um, and when they were in the middle of the Civil Rights Act and things like that. And then there's, you know, even newer artists that are making their own versions of like, you know, we need to come together. It just got heavy for me. So honestly, I had um, stepped away from the podcast at that time just because like, you know what? I can, like, I can only talk so much about these things that are happening and uh, at the time. Uh, and obviously we're, we were locked in the house. We could, you don't know where. So you're just seeing a lot of dark things. So I actually stepped away from the podcast for um, a solid year came back, did an episode, and then stepped back uh, just because I didn't have time. And then uh, 
now this is the reigniting of it with you uh, with the, the first episode we did. And then I have a couple other episodes that I've banked since then too. So, um, but yeah, so in 2020, we started seeing more of those racial riots where people were finally saying, you know what, enough is enough. We've tried to march. We've tried to be peaceful. We try to do all these things the so-called right way. That's not working. So then we started seeing what the media deemed as riots, um, which a lot of those protests were still marches in peace, but a handful of, uh, you know, a, what is it, a, a spoiled egg spoils the bunch or something like that. A few people came out there trying to incite riots and violence and things like that. And it they were successful in that sense. We did see a lot of things in uh, Minneapolis and all across the nation, different riots in St. Louis and all these different places where we've had a lot of um, unjustly shot down black and brown people all across the country. And um, I think I just took took to the idea that like we are a hundred years uh, removed from those so-called riots or the massacre of Tulsa and still fighting for the same things today, a hundred years later, still just fighting to exist, still just fighting to, just let us, you know, prosper the same, you know, uh, which I think that was where my, my whole connecting point to that was 100 years later, because everyone says it was so long ago. And then that's that was really what I, I found was amazing, like almost to the day, 100 years later, the same fight, the same arguments are still being fought. But everyone wants to talk about it was so long ago. Only a, one side is saying it was long ago, not the people that have been hushed by the fear of re- retaliation and, and uh, repercussions if they were to speak up for those last 100 years. I was watching an episode because they have an entire series on the Tulsa uh, massacre, not riot, but massacre because the word choices does make a difference. And this massacre the reason why some people kept quiet is because they didn't want to lose their family members. They felt like if they were to just be quiet, they would be able to keep their husband and their children. It was a decision to either shut up or lose everything completely. And I felt that deep within my soul. You know, um, I've talked about this on the I'm on this podcast with other people, my cousins that have been on here and I'm actually interested in a, I mean, it it somewhat ties to losing everything. Um, You know, we're in what they call uh, middle of woke culture, right? Like, and getting canceled and things like that. And now, typically, when you get canceled, it's not as extreme where, like, violence happens to you most of the time. For the most part, you know, maybe you lose a job. Maybe you um, forced to move out of wherever you live or whatever the case is. But I, I actually meant to ask you, like, with you doing a podcast that's so heavy like this, or even your podcast, like, if someone was to take it and hear it, and maybe out of context, it sounds worse than what you meant it to sound, or maybe uh, maybe it sounds um, ignorant at some point, because maybe, you know, uh, on all of this, you're learning, you're, you're still trying to learn in the process of it too, right? It's not necessarily, you know, the answers to everything that you're talking about, but it's a discussion. You're trying to have the discussion of history, of going through all these things. Um, how do you feel about like losing your job based on like, I'm just trying to better myself or I'm learning or trying to spread awareness of situations like this? To be quite honest, I'm not concerned at 
oh, my white friends know that I have a podcast specifically about Black Americans. There has been people. There have been episodes where people have said that they were racist. As a Black woman, she said, "I am a racist." I have yet to have one bad feedback of any kind from this. No backlash from my friends. None from my work. They all know it. They all know about it. They are supporting me. They're uplifting me. They are standing behind because they are part of that woke generation that you're talking about, right? So I have a full support system around me. I have Caucasian women like linking me up with other Black American women that have traveled around the world because they appreciate and think it's the most amazing thing that I finally did this. I have my white friends tell me, I'm so happy you finally started this. Some of the people that I learn a lot of black history from or are white males because why they've experienced it. They know it. Their family is teaching them the history, right? So I'm learning these things from different places. People think that I'm just learning it on the go. No, I'm learning it from the most rarest places and I'm getting feedback of all the positive sides. Yes. When I went into this, yes, I feared how people were going to view me like, but I went in fearlessly because at the end of the day, it's, what I find to be meaningful in my life. I cannot define my life based on anyone else's opinion. Right. That's awesome. You know, um, that's a great thing. Uh, I've had the conversation. I have a a cousin who has his own uh, YouTube series that originally started out as a, a, it's a YouTube podcast, whatever, but originally uh, he called it the pot P O T podcast. Because he would smoke weed and kind of talk about it, uh, just whatever was on his mind. And uh, eventually it caught up to him in the corporate America. Like he's, he was a teacher and they were like, yeah, you know, we don't like this on um, how it shows. Even though like he probably has like 30, 40 <laughs> viewers, but all it takes is one parent to know that he has it. And then it becomes a bad publicity for the school and whatever, whatever. So he was forced to change his podcast to to just say uh, podcast and couldn't say pot and he can't really smoke on there like he at least not like he still does but he doesn't show that he's what he's smoking or say what he's smoking on anymore. Uh, he, but I, I I go into that because I think it's most people have opinions but they don't they're not willing to stand on their their point of view and um, like I, a while back I talked about. Colin Kaepernick is one of those people that I think is like as as much as you have as much as people can hate him for not you know standing for this uh national anthem or or putting himself in a fucked up situation where he loses his job um you also have to commend him in the idea that you know most people would not lose a job paying them ten dollars an hour let alone million dollars uh to play a game or to to make a living you know you're you're supporting yourself or maybe a a child or two on on 20 30 dollars of uh income but this man when you're making millions you probably have you know a few cousins or brothers and whoever the the case is that are are you know dependent on you making those millions of dollars at that time um and most people, like I said, they're they're shallow. Like, yeah, I had the strong opinion until until it really comes up to like, are you gonna stand on it whenever your back is against the wall? 
to be quite honest with you, it's like comparing apples to oranges. Honestly, my podcast is not to, you know, first of all, pot, you know, marijuana is not legal everywhere. It's not legal federally. It's it's not, my podcast is not illegal. So that's what I mean by apples to oranges. But let me finish. Let me finish. I want to just say that if, you know, a lot of what you're saying is like, you know, places I'm not at yet. I'm not making millions of dollars. I, I mean, I probably have more than 40 to 50 listeners. I, I've already surpassed 50 for sure. Um, if not already at 100 listeners, I'm not, you know, trying to disrespect anyone. I want to show people that there are other voices out there other than the ones that they hear that are telling a story about us. That's not true. My is a, my podcast is a storytelling. If somebody gets offended by someone telling their true story, they need to look in the mirror. And if they have something to say, I literally will not allow for anyone to just, you know, have their opinion. They can, I mean, and, and try to get me to react to their opinion. I don't care. You can have, I always, what I always say, what Cardi B says, bad press is still press whatever, say what you want to say. You have that freedom of rights. But at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to do what I set out to do because my ancestors deserve it. My family deserves it. My sisters, my brothers, and everyone around me that I know and don't know of my color deserves it. If I have the voice to, to, to get it out there and to share what I have about my opinion and my story, I have every right because everyone on this planet has had that opportunity to do so as well. People write books about themselves. I'm sharing my opinion about how I see America and how I see Black Americans in America. If you want to be purposely ignorant about the fact that this is what it is, that's not my fault. Right. But see, that's that's where it leads me to because uh, in today's world, we can get on the internet, we can find facts that back up just about any opinion you have. If I wanted to say, like, did you know that pizza is the number one leading cause of cancer? I could probably Google search a million pages until I found enough of them that says that. And then the algorithm will start pointing every time someone says something about pizza and every time cancer is involved. And it'll start showing up on every feed that I have. Uh, there's people that they only go off of what they've learned in school, as we were stating in the beginning of the podcast of if you don't know about this massacre, as Tom Hanks says, I didn't know about this. And this is Tom Hanks who's had money for how many years that just learned about it and probably what the last 10 years, I don't know how that uh, that video was, but where he said he had just learned about it and wanted to know why he didn't know about it in his lifetime. And he's already, uh, my question is, why does it, what does it matter that he has money or not? I didn't have any, I don't have money and I just found out about it too. I just think that it's, the reason why his money plays a factor in it is if we don't have money to learn because it wasn't taught in our school, but he has, he's had money to where his kids could have learned about it. Someone like he didn't have to learn about it directly at some point in his life, because he's older, he should have at least caught it before we did. He's what, 30, 40 years older than we are. Like if he's, he's just now learning about it, but we've learned about it in our thirties already. By the time we were 30 already, uh, and we learned about it. Like, that's that's my point. Like, it didn't affect him. He didn't have the education. Like, the, the way 
the way the education system is set up, you don't learn it in school. You have to seek it out. Or you're in college and you have to take specific courses to learn this. Like right now in Florida, they're doing bills to say now they're they're hiding it with like this is how bills are. But they're hiding, oh, we don't want people learning about sexuality in school. But along with that bill of throwing out sexuality in school is also throwing out a lot of black history um, courses that are also included in that school curriculum. But they focused on the extremism of, oh, we don't want people teaching our kids about their sexuality or things like that. Like that's where it comes into play of the more money you have and what's being taught and how they're teaching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, that's how that, that really comes into effect. Like how at his age, he's, I mean, how much schooling has he had? I don't know how, how, what college he went to or whatever, but you would imagine at some point he at least heard about it somewhere. I mean, we're talking about a whole community, a whole city that uh, was burned down based on the population. And I believe similar to That's- Emmett Till, that was based off of uh, someone lying about they got whistled on or hit on by a black male. Nope. And then that- That's not the true story. The true story is this 19 year old boy was in love with this 19 year old girl, this white girl. They were caught in an elevator kissing and these white mob guys decided to take it upon themselves and destroy this entire city over it. They accused yeah. him of uh, attacking her and she actually tried to stop them. Okay. So hers is better because the other girl said that it, it uh, never happened in the, and she just said it and got uh, the boy killed. So, um, these but, are accounts from Af- African-American black people that lived in Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. There's this podcaster who did who's, who's been studying it for a long time. And he just released this um, TV series that I'm watching about it. And that's how I know these specific details about what happened, because it it, it goes so far right now in 2020. They, this uh, new governor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, he actually gave the rights for this committee to unearth or, you know, dig up all these graves so they can actually see what the truth was about the Tulsa massacre. Because they said that a thousand people went missing that they don't even, they can't account for. They said that the bodies that they have dug up so far, they were, they were like dominoes just stacked on top of each other. Yeah. It, I was not prepared for it when I went into it, but now I'm like, we're in it. And this is time to like dissect why this is happening. You know, the reason why it wasn't even in the books, it happened during like the Jim Crow laws and segregation. So they were never going to like put it in a history book because it was never meant to be talked about. It was was never meant to be. But that goes back to, we hear in today, like Joe Biden just did a, a press conference a couple weeks ago where he made a joke about being a white boy and saying how we need to know our history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you wonder how much does he believe in that? Because as much as he's pandering to say, you know, it sounds good, but one thing that he doesn't talk about is he was a part of the 91 crime bill. The 91 crime bill helped a, a very many black and brown men during that time for the crack era, for the war on 
drugs. But I haven't heard him ever speak on like, you know what, that was a bad bill that we passed. I've never heard him say anything remorseful about it or anything of that nature. So these are things that like, it's, it sounds nice, but what are we doing? You got DeSantis down there in Florida saying like, you know what, we don't want to, you know, I don't want them to, to feel, I don't want my kids to feel bad because they're white and, and to hear about the slavery. Like, yeah, you think the, the black kids want to, they feel great to know that their their ancestors were beaten and enslaved against their will. Like, you think that's a good moral bus, uh, you know, for them? <laughs> it, it's just remarkable how people think that their, you know, lives are more pure than others. And because they were the cause of the impurities in others' lives, they don't see that the error in their own ways. Like they're, like I always say in a poem that I wrote, they're blissfully ignorant, but at the same time, they're purposely blissfully ignorant because they know that what has happened in American history has been perpetuated. They probably to themselves are racist. You know, you could just read nonverbal communication and how people like approach you and it respond to you and, you know, eye contact, all of that stuff. You can tell if somebody's racist or not. It is not hard to tell, but it, what it's remarkable is that they pretend like it's still not happening or, or, or was the past, but it, it's still here. Yeah, it's still happening. That's, that's it's thing. not, it anywhere so but here. Yeah. Um, did you ever see the TV show Love, uh, Lovecraft Country? Love. It had um, Jerry Smollett in it and uh, Jonathan Majors in it. It came out in 2020. It only had one season. Hello? Yeah. Sorry, my phone timed out, so it uh, I guess it stops me from recording. Yeah. Well, it, just, it, it paused out for a second, but you're still here. Um, but yeah, so have you heard of the Lovecraft Country uh, TV show? I have heard about it, but I've never watched it. I only bring it up because uh, the last episode before it ended was actually the Tulsa massacre. Like it was, really? that's how they ended the series. Wow! Um, and then it's like a, it's not a, um, it's a horror sci-fi type of show, but it, it's still just kind of interesting on how. Um, that was the the season ender for that show. Um, but yeah, you're right. There, there is there, there's there's little telltales on when somebody is racist or something of that nature, and it's it's interesting and in how like because like the way I look at like when I hear them say like oh we don't want our kids to feel bad for being white and the things that their ancestors did because it had nothing to do with them, that's them internalizing that. Nobody's telling them to feel bad because your ancestors did this. It's just like, it's just the facts of the facts. Like, I don't feel bad for any older relative above me doing anything before I was around. Like, that has nothing to do with me. Only thing I can do is live my life and not be that person. (laughs) Exactly. And it's a, it's good that the over generations of time, you know, 
that woke generation, a part of that woke generation, we saw it in the Black Lives Matters protests, you know, are other, you know, nationalities standing behind and partnering up with us to support the same cause, which, you know, I have to commend people like that because, you know, it's risky all around, way around for everyone involved. Um, so to take that on, you know, and I, and I say this because you're talking about, you know, those white kids that, you know, just go on and live their lives and try not to be the same person that they're there. Some of these kids are actually stepping into the crowd and doing things I would never do because I'm too scared to get shot at with a, you know, a rubber bullet or get, you know, gas in my face, or I'd rather, you know, speak the truth. And use that as my weapon of choice. I am not strong enough to be out in the streets like that, but I commend those people of all races who go out and do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot to put yourself in those literal front lines. And not, <laughs> not everyone is supposed to be in there either. Like, we all can't fight the exact same battle, but we can fight the battle in our own way. Correct. And just like you said, this is a battle too, because online just like you said i could be chastised or criticized for what i have to say lose my job lose friendships over it it's possible it is possible but am i afraid of that no i'm i'm excited about what i'm about to do i cannot care about what other people are doing behind me if i were to be in a track and field race guess what one thing i won't be doing looking behind <laughs> me hello <laughs> right right okay <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it it is a, uh, it's such a weird, it's a weird thing because like some things happen and progress is, it happens as a result of it. And then something sets us back, right? Like, um, you know, you can look at a lot of different things um, as being like, wow, you know, this is a great uh, thing for, to move the, the needle forward, right? Let's say um, I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago about uh, the TV show Boy Meets World. Um, A lot of people, the people that know me know like Boy Meets World is like, that's my favorite childhood TV show. I still watch it to this day. Um, But one thing I I say was great about the show was it, it raised a generation of people to not necessarily see the world the way it was at the time that we were in it. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, we've seen an interracial couple on that show, which how many people watched that show and then went on and had interracial relationships because it was normalized because of that TV show? Um, me? <laughs> but I'm, I, yeah, like, like, <laughs> I'm a walking <laughs> example. But... It's also, we still had, even with it normalized on the TV show, you thought it was fine because you've seen it on the TV show. It was normalized for you. But then at the same time, you still had to hear probably family members like, why are you dating that white boy? Or, you know, this or that. Like, there's always little snide remarks amongst your own people. Oh, my God. Yes. In the family, like the ignorant part of the family. Not the family that was awake and like didn't care it was those that were stuck in this place where they knew what was around them and we talk about this a lot on my podcast the product of their environment they all only used to what they know around them and their immediate surroundings and anything that you know 
dares to test their belief system would be right. completely outright destroyed by either criticism or fighting or just just right. whatever it is that they was what should not be happening what should be happening is like you know curiosity like okay well if you're doing it why you know why am i being told this and why am i why is my environment like that and you know why am i not you know um, open to these types of things, you know, not so, having any so type much of what we go through is not meant to be questioned, right? Like, true, uh, you you know, we don't, we just don't, you know, I know, and um, I'm exaggerating, but I'm just saying, like, some no, people no, but I mean, but we're talking, we're talking in generalizations, we're not talking right. about like hardcore facts, we're just, but you know, I'm talking about, I am talking about factual stuff that happened in my family. Yes, right. that happened to me. Those are facts that happened to me because anytime I would go around any, you know, older aunts or great aunt or uh, great uncle yeah. or cousins, anybody that was in their, you know, 40s, 50s or up, they're like, what are you doing? You need to bleed with <laughs> black men. Yeah, these racist people, what are you doing? I swear <laughs> to God, Juan, I cannot make this story up. I'm in the family. I know better. Right. It is yeah. true. But um, that also leads me to like um and today like I hear um some some people don't like uh let's see, how do I word this? So <laughs> one thing I hear in like the comedy world, right? Um, they always talk about like, oh, you know, the the Uncle Tom, the 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 uh minstrel show or whatever, like you always hear that. And um what I've heard is there's uh, some sort of connotation to someone like Tyler Perry dressing like a woman. They're like, why does a black man always got to be dressed like a woman or, you know, to be accepted by the masses? Like everybody that makes it out, they're always being uh, feminized or, you know, showed less than or whatever. And it's on one hand, I could see where you, the, the idea of maybe it is a subliminal for the long term to some degree. On the other hand, you got to look at, like, you know what, though? Tyler Perry took a situation of maybe he had to dress like a woman to get people to laugh, but he also helped out a lot of choir groups get into TV shows and are acting that wound up getting careers based off of this character that he created. Like, you know, you're looking at it from such a small point, you don't even see how much he did. That Like, now he has his own uh, studio movie pro, uh, production studio that 90% of Hollywood uses now. Like they're not even in California using California studios anymore. They're going to Atlanta to use Tyler Perry studios to produce uh, Marvel movies and all these other movies that are, you know, uh, and so, yeah, maybe he took a step back for a moment and creating a character that's a joke to most people. But at the same time, he project, he, he leaped forward uh, a whole new generation of actors now there's a lot more black acting roles as opposed to like when we were growing up there was like 10 actors that were black and they were the top of the line of like in the same movie basically being remade over and over again love and basketball um what else uh brown sugar like these are the same characters same movies just slightly different roles maybe they switched up from one world to another but they're pretty much the same you know we watched all these now there's so many more actors and opportunities based off of uh, this one person doing that. He also helped raise the 
the uh, rates of some of our biggest female uh, black actors that are out there right now. Which is amazing. Um, you know, I, I, what's so ironic that you brought up Tyler Perry and an angry black woman. When I was in college, I went to Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau from uh, 2004 to 2010. So I was about six years there. And during that yeah. six years, I was a part of a business fraternity. And one of the projects, or not projects, but one of the parts of pledge process was to um, create a family um, board and then pick a topic. And I don't know why, I can't remember exactly why, but I remember picking Tyler Perry, angry black woman, and somebody in the audience, a white person asked me, you know, why are you portraying or something about me, you know, picking a man who's dressed up like a woman and being angry and asking me if I was an angry black woman too, or something crazy like that in the middle of initiations. And, and, and the correlation to that part, cause I wanted you to stop there so I can like add to that because it was mm -hmm. just like, wow, you know, I don't, see how I was still at such a young age. Cause I was only like 18, 19 when that happened, right. you know, how that was ingrained in me too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other side to that is like, I, I, I mean, we've seen it happen in other, uh, with white people too. They've done the, the same thing. Mrs. Doubtfire is a comedian, just like yeah. a, you know, a, a woman. Um, I, I know there's other ones. Um, Tom Hanks used to do Bosom Buddy, uh, Bosom Buddies on TV, which I think he did a lot of money to buy it and get it off of shows, off TV, out of circulation. But still, um, it is. It, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it's, if it's funny, it's funny. Um, I don't think there was any harm meant by any of that. But your but perception, it <laughs> isn't. But it was just that. Ex Experience. It was like, wait, no, I'm not an angry black woman. I was just picking this because it was relatable in lots of ways. <laughs> like, and right. in that moment, it made me so much more aware of who, you know, me being black. It, 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 there's always these constant, like, constant reminders where you have to be reminded yes. you're, not, you're not the same as everyone else. That goes back to exactly. what we mentioned before. I don't know if it's mine or your podcast where we were saying, like, you can't have a bad day because if you have a bad day, then you're the angry uh, black Correct. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what do I do? Just like the Tulsa, Oklahoma people, I shut my mouth. I don't say anything because anything that I ball? say yeah. is going to be taken the wrong way. But now I don't care. I've gotten to a place where yeah. it's firing. They, they, won't. <laughs> they won't. They won't. They <laughs> won't. No matter how much I try. No, I'm just kidding. I love my yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but I mean, you have that that exception, though. You have uh, LeBron James. LeBron James is a very outspoken athlete. Whenever he wants to be, he speaks on things that he doesn't think is right, and people tell him all the time, "Shut up and dribble." You're here to play basketball. You're not here to give us your political opinion. And the that's, the the sad part to this is that's another systemic. That's okay. another systemic racism structure. It is. Yeah. Well, the, the, the downside to this is, is, you know, they always criticize, like, I just wish they would get this stuff out of our, our sports. We just want to be entertained. Yeah. But yep, exactly. at the same time, 
at the same time, if we feel like we're not being seen or heard enough, we're sitting there thinking like, man, I wish the news would just listen to me so I could get my message out. But if an athlete who has those cameras in his face does see you and does use his platform to say, you know what, I was watching something and I seen that this wasn't right, and they criticize him for it. The same way, or they find him a lot of money, right? And and that's and that's, that's that's again, it's a systematic uh, system that's like, you know what, we we don't pay you to to talk about politics. We're paying you to play these sports, or exactly you know, to entertain us. Just like yeah. when they had those big old stadiums back in the day, they had people on javelins and horses. That was because they needed that type of entertainment to keep the people engaged or their, um, it, it's just, um, or keep their something high. Their, what is the word I'm looking for, Juan, here? Um, so they're happy, basically. Yeah, you know, keep, the, keep everyone ignorant and, and, and the ignorance exactly. from everybody. Correct. You know, we can, if, because what happens is, is if, let's say, you know, a magic trick, the, the art of deception, right? Like, you don't see them drop the, the, the card in their sleeve or you don't see them put it in another hand and then that way, whenever they show it, like, oh man, that's the, that's the whole thing. But if you take the, the magic out of it and say, like, no, he, he slipped it. Like, you can see he's got the really big cuff and he drops it in there. And if he does it like this, like, you start pointing out what's happening, and then it, then it ruins the magic show. And in this case, you know, uh, in, in, the, in today's world, because we have the Internet, uh, now everybody has an opportunity to use, you know, you got a thousand followers or a million followers or 10 followers, whatever the case is, if you use your little platform of, your social media of how big or how small your, your social media is. Well, guess what? Now you have a voice to share with people about what you feel is right or wrong, which it's either good or bad, depending on which side of the, the line you fall on. Right. Um, some people, they're very conservative and they don't like to talk about God and religion whenever it's in a negative way. Something I seen recently was um, I don't remember what the, I think that there was some sort of, uh, skit done recently and they didn't like the way Christians are being portrayed that they think that Hollywood has a an axe to grind against Christians because of their uh, Bible beliefs or whatever and but if you're it, you have to be offended by it like, I'm not offended by this I, I considered myself to be a Christian for many years and I never like as many Catholic jokes that I've heard about priests and all that I laughed at them I laughed at them because I was like, man, this is so absurd that it was a, like, it's ignorant, yes. But at the same time, if if the priests weren't fucking little kids and they wouldn't make those type of jokes, if there, if there was all enough enough, they wouldn't fall on that, that ridicule, right? Like, if everybody was doing, living to the standards that they're supposed to be, then you wouldn't have to be worried about keeping it silent and keeping it behind closed doors and trying to to keep it away from... Uh, the light of of everybody, but it's hard to contain into a box nowadays because again, we have social media, we have the internet, right, and we have talkative people like you and I, right, and and but again, we're, we're able to live in our truth and not be afraid yeah. to speak of uh, of you know what I'm willing to if somebody gets mad at an opinion, I, I don't, I don't know if you actually listen to it, but I have a disclaimer before 
each podcast that says if you're easily offended, you shouldn't listen to my podcast because I don't know what's going to offend you. I have heard that. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's genius. But I do it because of that. Like, because I know I have an ignorant sense of humor. I know it's, sooner or later I'm going to say something that's going to offend somebody. Well, and wait, have you offended it, anybody? Have you ever got po- negative feedback before? I have not. If someone oh. was offended, they never said anything to me. But I know, I know my personality. I, I know I've done it in person, not necessarily online. But I did that as that disclaimer because, like, sometimes the immaturity or the I haven't evolved yet, and yep. I will still laugh at something or do something that, like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that through. But I don't want to have to be- walk myself back. My mom laughs at me because I was talking about how. Like, if I get into an argument with my wife, or we get into a disagreement, not an argument, but a lot of times I take a long time to respond. And it'll make her mad because I don't respond. She thinks that I'm just ignoring her. But me, I'm trying to pick my words wisely because I don't ever want to have to walk myself back and saying, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. I meant to say this, you know. My therapist would agree with you. Exactly (laughs) what she would have said. She would have said, take a second. Take a second, roll it back, get your thoughts together, calm down, and approach it a different way. Yeah, but because it's because right. I don't, it's, my mom thinks it's funny because I don't want to apologize. That's like, but I, it's, it's not because I don't want to apologize. I don't want to say something wrong that justifies me, that makes me have to apologize. It's not that I care about apologizing. I don't have a problem saying something if I said something wrong or I need to correct it. But if I choose the right words the first time, doesn't mean I have to do it a second time. <laughs> that rationale is and, hilarious, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's just an interesting time that we're living in. Whenever we have to pay attention to every act, like it's so weird because, like, for me, like I said, I feel like I'm just living my life being me. I'm trying to be with my most authentic self at all times. I don't like to do the code switching. I don't like to have to put on a, a show for anybody. I'm just trying to live my life the best way that I can live, being true to who I am and not do anything other than that. But you never know who's listening, who's offended, and who's not. And that's a weird time to be in because you never know. Um, again, going back into culture, so I don't know. Have you ever seen the show or the movie Tropic Thunder? No, but I can I add can I add my two cents after that oh, that comment? Um, I feel that I don't understand why you worry about if somebody gets offended or not. Um, what the truth hurts, right? We know this to be true, and if. Someone gets on your podcast, you've already done the disclaimer, and they still are offended. Why do you care? Right. Well, that's that's different. Like th- th- that's why the disclaimer's there. That that way, I don't have to backwalk it. But why do you uh, like? Why do you care how people will feel about you showing up as your authentic self one hundred percent of the time? If somebody gets uh, offended by that, why do you care? I don't necessarily know that I care. Um, this is just uh, I don't know. Like I don't, I have no issue being an asshole. Um, because but, if, I've been, but why would I've, you call I've, I've called, an asshole if you're just being Juan? Well, you're not because people because people like sugar on their shit. 
That's why. Ew. Uh, oh. Ew. <laughs> I mean, I know literally and figuratively and, you know, whatever, but like, what? Yeah, because so so I, I tell people like this, like you can either have a shit sandwich or you can have sugar on your shit sandwich. Either way, you're going to have a shit sandwich, right? So the thing about it is um, people don't like honesty. And that's why oh, I, I, I put know. the disclaimer. My that's therapist. That's why I put the would also 100% agree with you. Some people cannot, and I actually went into my podcast knowing that, that they yeah. cannot, the self-awareness scares the shit out of them. The to, the having to deal with the fact that they are a product of their environment scares the shit out of them. The fact that they have to deal with their trauma scares the shit out of them. That right. stuff that they have to unpack and unleash from themselves, they they scared of themselves. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole reason. That's the reason for it all. That's the whole reason why we don't pay you to to tell us about what's on the news. We pay you to play basketball or football or make. And a nobody's telling me. And that's and, why I can do whatever the hell I want to. Yeah, um, but that's that's why because nobody wants to see like they don't want to look in the mirror. That's the honest the truth. Yeah. Nobody wants to say I am part of the problem. And we're all part of the problem some way, shape, or storm. Whether you see, whether you have a grandpa or an auntie that says, uh, you shouldn't uh, date them other folk because they're not our kin folk. Or uh, you shouldn't, uh, you know, you know, I don't know, whatever joke you want to say that you know is wrong. And like, well, it was said to me, so I'm not going to say anything because, well, it's, I don't care. But if someone else heard it, it could be an issue. Um, Anything. We, there, every time, every day, we all, there's at some point someone has said something that they think that it's okay to say to you that they wouldn't have said to somebody else. Um, oh, my God, all the time. <laughs> see, I me, had a conversation I, another day, 8 o'clock in the morning, telling this older guy, he's 55 years old, that it's different for a 21-year-old woman to walk around the workplace and be hit on all day and for a 21-year-old man to be hit on all day. The psychology is different. You don't want to be hit on by a 55-year-old man when you're 21 years old working in a, a, a warehouse. Like, it just... We can't like, generalize this because we got all kinds of women out there. We've got all <laughs> kinds of women out there that will do a lot of things that you would be surprised. So I, I well, can't really speak on that because some people might like it. I Well, they, again, so it's, it's different. I'm not saying that they don't like it. I'm not saying that there are people that... There, there's the outliers. There are people that, that are the anomalies. But the thing that I was trying to get through to him was because uh, I had a coworker who she calls her, uh, she calls somebody else on the walkie all the time. He's like, what is the deal with that? I said, well, she gets hit on all day, every day. And sometimes it's easier as an escape to say, hey, Bob, where are you? I need you. And then that way it gives you an out. How many times have you gone on a date and was like, hey, if this Vine date doesn't go well, send me a text at this time. I'm going to use you as an escape to get out of here. How many times have you said, hey, if I scratch my head at this point, that means for you to kind of come and swoop in and kind of get me out of there because this is not going the way I want it to. Like, there's a situation in that. Like, I, again, I have little sisters and I think about like the things that women have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to like an aggressive male that's like oh she's playing hard to get i hear let, i hear guys that say these type of things but you. i understand let me tell you what i had to do today because of aggressive men i'm loading my gun 
Yes, I own a. I have a Floyd oh, card. Finally got one. <laughs> and I have a gun. I've had a gun for over a year now because of my ex husband trying to kill me. Yes, men are aggressive. Yes, and oh, that I was do. Your husband that did that. Oh yeah, it was my ex husband. I thought that was a boyfriend. I didn't know that was your husband. Well, that you know, did all that. I was either engaged or married. Okay. I was never just out here flaunting my. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my crazy ex-husband i had a house with him we had a whole thing you know the, the one that the one that up. you had posted the pictures of that you said you were tired of uh back the one that had destroyed my car and slashed all four tires yeah and yeah, yeah. yeah that one mm-hmm. that one that one okay that one no, yeah, so no, I literally today, because of a different person, I'm like, I have to go and put my fucking bullets in there today. It's already yeah. clean. I don't have a problem with protecting myself at this point. I've had to step up and be the dominant person in my life, the angry but black just, woman or the, shame, like, the masculine the woman. I have to because there's no man here to step up. They're always like losing their mind over something. This individual right. is mad because I do better than he does. Yeah, that's, that's the jealousy, just like in that Tulsa, Oklahoma thing. These white people were mad that these black people were doing better than them. So they go after them. And know. my family is the same way. My family didn't want to see me do better than them. They still don't. That's why they don't right. speak to me. It's the same fucking story over and over again. It's a repeat cycle. And the reason why I do my podcast is to open it wide up because I know people don't like to hear the truth. Have you touched on... Um stereotypes in the sense of like uh the the negative connotation between like watermelon and, and uh fried chicken and stuff like that <laughs> no not yet um i mean there's so much to unpack you know that one and this is why this is the most exciting journey i've ever been on in my whole life you know i've done a lot of great things in my life but this one yeah. i feel like is going to be the best one i've ever done i, I, I th- like i told you before i think you're on a great path with with your podcast to have a conversation that so many people either they have in private or they're afraid to have in public and i think Correct. having it uh with people that are willing to have it is a great way of shining light on it, whether for for whatever it's worth. Someone's listening to it, whether it changes someone's mind here or there. I think it is a great thing. Um, it's it's so, changing lives. I know that for a fact because I get feedback on my podcast, and it's only been positive. I had a coworker just out of the blue says she was like, "Oh, I can't wait to listen to your podcast on my long ride home from work every day." She's my coworker. She right. said, "She said I cannot believe you have so much material." I said, I come out with a bang, girlfriend. And then she said, she goes, open conversation suits you so well. And I said, thank you, sister. Just needed the confirmation and affirmation from you. And that's all I need. And coming from a black woman. Right. And that's hard to tell, even in our community. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, that's that is... So where I was going with that, like last month, there was a, I think it was a a middle school that they served uh, chicken and watermelon for Black History Month one day. Where? Who did? Uh, What? You have to, yeah, you have to Google it. Um, That's going to have to be another podcast because I'm so mad right now that that is even a thing. Why people eat watermelon too? Right. Can't fried but, chicken. 
I literally had an ex-boyfriend. I named him on my very first podcast episode. I went to his house. We had fried chicken for dinner. And it wasn't because I was black. It's because that's what they normally ate. (laughs) Well, what I wanted to point out is that a lot of people don't know is something that was once positive has been turned into a negative. So, So the people that don't know this is fried chicken was a way for black people to actually get wealthy in the South by learning when they learned how to fry chicken. That's what they did whenever they were freed. And those that knew how to fry chicken were able to make a lot of money with this. Mm. But where the negative connotation came in was with the birth of a nation video. Now, not the one that was done back in like 2016 or whatever it was, but the original one that was done in like the early 1900s. It was a silent film. And what they did was they had a bunch of uh, white people in blackface uh, <gasps> doing all of these menstrual cycles type of things and they were showing like if you allow black people to vote they're going to be eating fried chicken in the white house and eating this watermelon and what? all these things is, which is where we get the negative connotation of black people like fried chicken and watermelon that's wild. Do you know, I watched a video on YouTube of this African-American, like Af- not American. She was African from Africa, living in Africa. She said when she tried to move to the United States and become a United States citizen, they had her sit down and watch a video about black Americans and how to be black Americans. Yeah. There's that they have a whole entire propaganda around it that they, they have. They educate you on how to behave when you come to the United States because of the skin color, color of your skin, because of the way that they've brainwashed us to believe, to live our lives the way that we have been. I, I, I have to retract it. It wasn't fried chicken and watermelon. It was fried chicken and waffles. I was about and to say, you- watermelon <laughs> is really mean, but waffles, that makes sense. Waffles still ain't much better than no water. I'm not saying, but the thing is, I mean, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying, like, that makes more sense because that's what usually is on the menu. Hold on, hold on. It's highlighted. It says, student in New York Middle School were served chicken, waffles, and watermelon for dessert. Shut up. On the first day of Black History Month in New York. If they had to put greens on that plate, I would have been down there my damn self <laughs> burning some damn buildings. This is ridiculous. New York school apologizes for this. Dude, so that is York. insanity. But that see, if they would have just if they but if they were to say this and say, but we're serving this because historically speaking, uh black people got their financial wealth by learning to fry the chicken. And sell their watermelon after they left the farm, uh, after leaving the plantations and starting their own farm. That would have made sense, and it would have been fine. But without any explanation, that's wild, right? Like that's a crazy yeah. thing to do. <laughs> you know, it's so ironic that you're talking about this. Like, you know, I've been recently, you know. In Chicago, there's a lot of different food places you can go. And, you know, fried chicken is really one of those hard things to find a, you know, a good place to go, honestly. I mean, Wingstop, you can't count. And, like, churches and Popeyes, no. Because the one around around the corner from my house, the Popeyes chicken, is uh, one of those luxury ones that have only Mexicans working there. So... I don't know. And then um, I also maybe call it a luxury. <laughs> because 
Oh my God. I haven't even talked about that. You haven't even let me get into the topic of my own neighborhood. You know how I was talking about earlier that nonverbal communication, how you know people are racist? Yeah. I live in a neighborhood that is inbreded in racism against black people. I live in Lakeview. I don't go outside. I look over my shoulder every time I leave this apartment. Why do I own a gun? Because this neighborhood is not safe for black people. They do not like them. We, they do not make eye contact. They will pull their kids and their dogs closer to them when they walk past you on the sidewalk or they'll go around you or they'll do. I, I will record it just for your own record, just so you can see it for yourself. I speak to no one on the streets. It is a custom. It is inbreded. It is unspoken, just like the stuff that happens around the world, especially uh, to Black Americans. It's hush hush, but you know it because nonverbal communication is a thing. When somebody doesn't look at you in, the, in your eyes, and when it's a daytime, you're walking down the street past you in Missouri or in most human decent cities and states. They would say, "How are you doing?" or "Hello" or something. They don't even hey, look. St. Louis does not. Don't do not. I'm saying other places. There, there are people out there that walk past each other and say hello. Oh, definitely. Neighborhood does not do that at all. Period. They'll talk amongst each other if they have dogs that you know they can go up to each other and have something in common to talk about. But no. Yeah, I, I tell people recording. all the time, I'm from St. Louis, like, if I don't speak to you, it's just that, it's old habits. Like, I don't mean anything by it. Sometimes I just be like, oh, that's just mind my business. <laughs> I So, funny story, I was on Tinder for, like, a second, and this guy was asking me where I live. I was like, oh, Lakeview, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, you're the only Black person that lived there. And I was like, I know. Because I am. Yeah, And I literally never leave my apartment because I don't talk to my neighbors at all because like you can just feel the energy. It's right. just so uptight and tense. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like I remember being in St. Louis and going to the Chesterfield Mall in high school. And I went, I don't know if you know, um, I won't say her name because I don't want to, uh, she didn't, uh, you know, whatever. Anyways, I was walking with this girl. She's mixed, and we were walking through there, and we were just like walking with this white girl. And the white girl's just like shopping, having the time of her life, and we're just sitting here like, "Yeah, is it just me, or does it feel like all eyes on us anytime we walk into a store or whatever?" And it's like, "Yep, definitely feels like it." And then eventually, the white girl, she she felt it too, but she didn't think it. She was like, "Why does it feel like the?" Security started following us at some point while she was shopping or whatever, but they were, they were following me and the mace girl. And when we got in the car, it's like, um, you just had your first black experience. <laughs> like, wow. Me, and me. you know, it's so crazy that like literally changes them forever. Yeah. Well, I remember even that same mixed girl, she had never been pulled over before, but she got pulled over with me and a, a couple of uh, other guys and they were black. And we're like, okay, do not, Nikki, please do not look back because you're going to get a search. And as as soon as I said it, she was like, wait, what? And she looked back. And I was like, son of a bitch, we're about to get searched now. And we, you know, they pull us out. One of the guys had a warrant, so he wound up going to jail. Um, but, But that was the thing. Like, once you start looking suspicious, 
they're going to it's gonna get worse. And she wound up because she looked back and I was like, Yeah, there's just like little things like especially like in St. Louis, like if you if you can play it cool, you might just be able to get out of it. The other thing is if someone has a warrant, if only one person has a warrant, that one person will go to jail and you'll have an easier night. Unfortunately for the guy that's going to jail, but everyone else is gonna go home no problem. If everyone is clean with no warrant, you're gonna be all, you know, patted down, searched, they're gonna get in the car, they're gonna do whatever to try and make a situation. Uh, and so you know you're going to be there longer. It's an unfortunate truth that I learned in my time in St. Louis. Um, but yeah, I I remember that time. She's like, I've never been pulled over before. I was like, and yeah, you definitely got the full experience of it because as soon as that happened, <laughs> we were out of the car getting searched and everything. I think I've been put in jail in St. Anne before. You went to jail in St. Anne? I've been in jail in St. Anne before. They're so racist. I, I mean, I, you got to be black because it is so racist out here. I was put in jail with all my white friends who had cops as their parents. I kid you. How the fuck did that happen? Okay, listen to this. You know these people. I'm going to talk to you about them. their names after this. You know who they are. How did this happen? So... I went to a party with my best friend at the time. She's still my really good friend. And we went to her cousin's house. They're all Caucasian. As you already added up, everybody knows that the majority of my friends have always been Caucasian. So I'm at my friend's house for, you know, drinking. I don't drink now, but I did at the time. And so I had drank this really crazy drink before I, they decided we need to go on a snack run to Quick Trip in St. Anne. We're in, I think we were off of... Um, the house is off of uh, St. Charles Rock Road and Wood Woodbridge Wood Woodridge somewhere over there. Yeah, yeah. and so I we go to Quick Trip in St. Anne. I decide because I'm in town from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, from SEMO, You know, you know, visiting oh, my friends. I was doing yeah. exactly. So I'm visiting at this party. We decide we want to go get snacks at Quick Trip. There's a cop, you know, I've gotten away with a bunch of stuff in Cape Girardeau, Missouri from the cops. I mean, from uh, state troopers to drinking and drive, literally got away with all kinds of stuff. And I'm not trying to put myself in jail, um, but I get to St. Louis and I'm thinking, oh, let me get out the cops. Cops love me. I remember saying this. Oh, my goodness. And guess what? This cop is getting his, and I should have known better, but I was gone. And I, this old white man, I will never forget, he was skinny white man. He had his Funyuns and like uh, a Dr. Pepper or Coke or something like that. I jumped out the back of my friend's car as they're in there getting snacks. Um, I'm telling my one friend in the backseat, hey, cops love me. I always get away with stuff. I jump out the car. I go over to the cop. I poke him. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I poke him, and that sound, that space of time there was is important because all I did was a poke him, and he had the audacity to be like, "Put your hands up in the air," and I started laughing because I'm so drunk. Oh. <laughs> Nobody knows the story at all, and so except for the people that were there and a few people that I've told along the way, and. He puts me in the back of the car, handcuffs me, and he leaves his soda in his, 
you know, bag of chips on the ground. We drive off. So my friends, this is how they know that their, uh, their family relatives are, you know, cops too. So they're all white. They're getting the car. They try to get me out of the car. They're like, look, cop, blah, 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 blah. We need to free our friend. Right. (laughs) So they're trying to free me. And then the cops runs their their plates and their tags. They were like, "We know who you are, and we will tell your your cop family members and stuff and threaten them." And they left, but they came back in the whole night, tried to get me out. I was only in there for twelve hours. There was a mugshot, but it never surfaced. They, I didn't have any identification on me whatsoever, so they never knew my name at all. Like I never told them one time. They put me in an orange suit, put me in a jail cell. For, tw- for 12 hours in a drunk tank, I got one phone call for real. And like they s- threw a sandwich and some coffee under the door. I didn't eat it. I was like, I'd rather starve. And then as I was leaving, I saw this man strapped to a chair like a straight jacket. I said, I'll never come back in here again. Never have I ever seen a jail. And I will never visit anyone in jail either. So stay out of it. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you oh, go. Man. You're welcome. That's, that's the clickbait right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna snip that one. That's gonna be it. This one's gonna yeah. run the numbers up. <laughs> Seriously. That is, that is hilarious. It's hilarious, uh, but it's still that undercurrent of racism that still lives in this United States of America. And, and I always keep telling people, we are still black in America. Stop forgetting. Yeah. Don't forget. Because well, I think you know, every single day. So the, that's the weird thing is the internet makes you, in some ways, forget. Correct. And I say that because you see something on the internet and you feel like, huh, if they can do it, I can do it. Yep. And, and then you do something, and then you find out, like, oh, reality has kicked you in the ringer and lets you know, like, no, 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 you're still a minority. There is a difference between you and everybody else. <laughs> Correct. And, uh, and that is the moral of this story. Yeah, there is definitely uh, uh, an unfortunate part to, to that, because um, I remember a few years ago, uh, the rapper Biggie, his son, um, went a little viral because he was hanging out with his friends and they were being silly and it was innocent. All they were doing was reenacting the Titanic scene where uh, Rose and uh, uh, Leonardo are sitting there and he's holding her or whatever. And it was just a funny, silly thing that he was doing. And they were making fun of this situation on the radio because he did it. Um, they were like, oh, that's some white people shit. You know, black people can't do that. Like, that's white people shit. That's white people shit. But the other radio uh, head on there was just like, but on the other hand, it's a good thing. Because he's, he's able to hang out with those white kids and do white people shit and not realize that, you know, he's not, he's not worried about his masculinity being checked. He's he's just hanging out with some kids and having fun. That's innocent. It's innocent fun. Like he could be robbing somebody. He could be doing so-called other things, but instead he's hanging out with these rich white kids or whatever and doing innocent white kid fun. Like hanging out at these like museums and doing the silly. It's silly shit. But he got a privilege that not many people are going to get to. Is the whole point of that? Um, which also reminds me. Uh, have you seen? The movie Creed. 
which movie? I have Creed. Creed, C R E E D. Yeah, the new it's a, no. it's a new movie with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, with Matt Damon as the lead character. Uh, no, 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 then no, that's not it. no. That's not it. <laughs> okay. Uh, not a, it. okay, so Creed is a series um, to like it's in addition to the Rocky movies. Anyways, oh. Michael B. Jordan's doing press on it right now. And uh, a week or two ago, while he was doing press for this uh, movie, he uh, got interviewed by somebody who he went to high school with. <laughs> and while she interviewed him, he brought up, because she's like somebody, she's at her own radio show um, and podcast or whatever. And on uh, when he was interviewed on the red carpet, he mentions how she called him corny back in high school. And it a lot of it was a subject people were talking about, like, um, is it corny for him to bring it up? You know, is it funny that he said something to her? And I bring it up in the sense that uh, tied to what we were just saying as far as for like what you do is cool and not cool and, and you know, privileges that you have based on your race. Um, they were saying how, you know, she and her friends said he was corny back in high school. Now, but Michael B. Jordan's been acting since he was in middle school. Like, first time people probably seen him in anything was, I believe, in Hardball. I don't know if there was anything before that. That's the first thing I remember seeing him in uh, with Keanu Reeves in it, where he was playing baseball uh, with all those kids. But needless to say, by the time he got to high school, he was full-blown acting. He was already, at that time, he was part of The Wire and things like that. But they said he was always kind of corny. That's, that was the thing they said on the podcast. So when they interviewed him, he was like, yeah, I remember you. You called me corny. Now, I think it's funny because if you had a chance to see somebody who used to make fun of you in high school and you finally get a chance to flaunt in their face that you made something of yourself, would you not do it? Of course you would. I finally did right. You know, I'm a superstar, considered one of the sexiest men alive. Of course, the lady that was calling me corny back in high school now wishes she could be with me type thing, right? So I thought it was kind of funny. Um, all that to being said, like, uh, you got to keep in mind that in high school, especially, you know, when you come up from these poor and impoverished areas, the people that they called cool weren't doing headshots for movies and TV shows. They weren't, you know, maybe they were playing a sport, but they were also probably going out to parties and drinking and doing a whole bunch of fuck shit that would have probably got them locked up anyways by the time they're getting to 27, 28 years old of age, right? Um, and that's not considered cool when you're in high school is the point. You know, he, he, yeah, he was probably corny in high school because he was working on a career already in high school. Unless he felt some sort of way about it, like he felt like she was bullying him. I mean, what was the point of him bringing it up? Well, once her po- she has a podcast called Bully and the Beast. There's one thing. Uh, <laughs> so she, she lives in her, the fact that she bullies people. And wow. she ended, she ended the, 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 pot, or the interview with saying, well, you're not, cor- uh, you're not corny anymore. Well, here's the thing. Now, you could compare what you talked about my podcast and tried to compare it to the pot 
podcast. You could, yeah. you because <laughs> what she's doing should be illegal. Bullying people and talking about it. No, I don't agree with that at all. Well, um, I think it's. I know on that podcast I've listened to it a few times. The other guy, there's a guy on her podcast, and I always thought it was a just a play on the um, who's the bully and who's the beast because he's a really big guy. He's kind of slow, or whatever, and he's known to fight a lot of people because he was Charlemagne's bodyguard. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, she she's she's a strong personality, and I think she's got a radio show too. But um. Anyways, yeah, I just thought it was funny because he, you know, I mean, like I said, he kind of finally got a chance to get his get back in, in front of someone that makes oh, well, that, well, I appreciate that then. Yeah, I would totally <laughs> do it too. I mean, I wouldn't be like blatant and blunt about it, but, it, you know, God works in mysterious ways and we know that. Well, yeah, because she entered, like when she entered the, did the interview, she said, oh, we go way back, right? And he's like, yeah, you used to call me corny. That was the tongue in cheek of the situation. Of like, oh, yeah, they tongue in cheek. That's beautiful. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, that goes back to those, again, those privileges that you can, you can do. Like, you have to, you know, we've talked about it uh, in some of our conversation about how you have to play those roles. Like you said, you did everything against the, what everyone else was doing to lead to your path in life because you didn't want to have the same outcome as everyone else. That goes back to what okay. I was saying. However, I'm still getting treated just the same. And that's what we, that's the whole point of this, my body. Right, right. Yeah, but that was the the thing about him. Like, you know, he, he wasn't being the so-called cool kid athlete doing X, Y, and Z. He was acting in TV shows and movies and whatever. Uh, and so he was corny to his peers at the time. And now, now how many of those peers are looking at him like, oh, I went to school with that guy. Like, yeah, the guy that's in this movie, like, he's a, he's on Disney movies and whatever. Like, yeah. We yeah, she tried, she tried to get some credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were the bully in my school, and now she's the bully. But the original that's movie crazy. I was asking about, um, because it's, it's funny, because it's the uh, Tropic Thunder. Um, it was a movie they did, I think, in, like, 2010 or something like that. Uh, and what's his name? The guy that played Iron Man. Um, uh, oh. Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. plays, he's in blackface. And it's always a topic of discussion nowadays because how do they make this movie? He's in blatant blackface. Now, the thing that I don't like, because it recently got brought up, because Ben Stiller, um, he recently said, I never apologized for the movie, and I'm very proud of the work that we did. And a lot of people are kind of up in arms about this because, again, there's, like, Ben Stiller in the movie plays a uh, actor who uh, portrays a mentally challenged person. And, um, again, Robert Downey Jr. is in blackface. So... If you look at it just at the cover and just kind of based off of that, it sounds extremely horrible, right? Like, how did we make this movie in the 2000s? Like, this should not have been a movie that got made. But the whole context to the movie is these are actors that take their acting way too far. So it's making fun of Hollywood 
in portraying these roles. So when Robert Downey Jr. is playing a black man uh, in this movie, he's still a white man playing a black man. Uh, if that makes really sense. Well, well, hold on. Listen. So I know it sounds messed up, but the thing but is, he's not related back to Tyler Perry dressed up like a woman. Right. But the, the point of, uh, of Robert Downey Jr.'s character is they're making fun of the actor that would take a role to be blackface and getting a surgery so that way they could get this role, so that way they could be that. Like, he's not doing it to make fun of black people. He's making fun of the actor that would do that, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's, the role, that, that's the role that he is supposed to be playing in the movie. The, the Ben Stiller character is the guy that he studied mentally challenged people so so well that he went too far and now people don't know that he's actually that he's not mentally challenged and it's like you're never supposed to go that far and you're you're not supposed to be so method acting that you've lost yourself in the acting and that's the whole premise of the show in itself they they think that they're making this movie and that they're, they're and it turns out it's a real life event in the movie and whatever. And that's the whole comedy aspect of it. But all that to being said, so I, I always thought, like, I never thought that anyone would ever take that, those roles and be offended by them because I thought that was the joke. The joke was they're making fun of those people that would do that. Not saying that they're doing that, they're making fun of the people that are, are doing that. Well, no, and that's, I mean, everybody, like I said, has the right to their form of expression. I feel like this whole blackface, not, it, it's just, it's just targeting. It's like, hello, we're still racist. Hello, we're still, you know, you know, making money off of black people any way we possibly can. Like, it just, it's sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. The fact that they would go that far to that extreme to continue to be something that is so offensive, even though he was right. trying to be funny. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't talk to like it, that being offensive because, like I said, I think the way I, I perceived it was like he wasn't making fun of black people; he was making fun of the actor that would be right, right. But and I get that too. One question before, like, we're gonna finish this, but I, I did want to ask you one more thing. Sure. Uh, what do you? What's your opinion on? cultural appropriation like what's the difference for you of what's cultural appropriating and what is deemed as like cool is there a difference because it's something that I struggle with like I struggle with like when do we say that this is no longer a cultural thing versus like oh no I just started wearing this this way or doing this way because I thought it was cool or fun to do Wow, that's a hard question. Um, so I tend, if I mean, I'm just going to start with the cool part. Um, cultural appropriation versus being just cool. Yeah, like... What do you mean yeah, about... It, what, I mean, I'll, I'll, each side for me, what you're talking yeah. about. So, so, like, let's say... Um, Let's take something because this is music. So culturally, I always say like everything music-wise has come from black people, from my point mm. of view. The way I, 
like when we look at um, blues, blues started out as a black uh, music, and then it, you know uh, Elvis comes along and, and kind of turns it into rock and roll, or even rock and roll. Um, Chuck Berry was noted as the first rock and roll artist, and then now you have Elvis and everyone else, so on and so forth. Um, country music again uh, started out as uh, blues. That then when white people started doing it, they started calling it country. Um, uh, hip hop, hip hop is a, a black cultural sound that now they, you know, now we have everybody that's involved in it, and um, so it's it's taking from black culture and um, they repurposed it and say like, well, no, this is, you know, now when you say country, you automatically think of a white singer with some bluegrass music or violins and banjos or whatever. But at one point it was black actors, right? Or black, black singers, sorry, not actors, black singers uh, and musicians. Um, and I'm just curious, like if you see a white person with cornrows, they're cultural appropriating. Or you see mm, someone gotcha. that's starting to take something that we know isn't part of their culture, and now they're appropriating it to like, oh no, this is it's okay because of whatever. And like I said, I struggle with it because um, if there's something that you think is funny or cool or um, you like, we, I mean, that's how we develop personalities. So I always struggled with that idea of like, well, I don't know what's appropriating. Like, I think the appropriating in my mind is more of like when we repurpose it and say that this is um, like, let's say cornrows. Like, oh, well, I just came up with this design and cornrows are my design. It's my hairstyle. And um, this is, you know, I've not said that. Like, oh, I've seen uh, my friend Michelle had these, these cornrows and I thought they were cool. So then I started wearing them. Like I completely neglected the the fact that I got it from over here and just started saying like, oh no, this is mine. My it's my original design. I learned how to do this on my own. I've I've now appropriated it and said, oh yeah, we can. Anybody could do these. No problem. Like just pay me, or I can put them in your hair, or whatever the case is. Like however you want to sell it, package it up. You've now reappropriated it that way. Just like Miley Cyrus uh, reappropriated twerking. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Twerking was a, like, I've been saying like, twerking was a, a thing since the nineties. I remember Master P saying it in the mid nineties, like twerking was not a new thing. But now twerking is the new dance that everyone's been talking about since like 2005. Yes. No, no, no. Twerking was a big thing in the nineties. We all know this. And then one white girl gets on like some, I forget which social media, if it was Instagram or Facebook or something like that did twerking and it was famous all of a sudden. So yeah, no. So cultural appropriation versus, you know, being cool. My opinion is that it's a very complex answer. One, uh, number one, I think that. Can, can you, can you do something because it's cool without cultural appropriating or is doing something because it's cool and in essence, cultural appropriation? See, the thing was about using the word cool. I always talk about, you know, language and word choices, you know, to say something's cool. Like. It's so subjective, it's not very, you know, concrete and and everybody has their right to to say what's cool or what's not cool, you know, and 
I think, though, on the other side, the cultural appropriation, you know, if somebody feels like that, you know, the black culture is cool and they want to appropriate themselves to fit that because they feel like that's how they, you know, that's what they most likely or most relate to, then as long as they're not being offensive and they're not, you know, hurting anyone and they're not, you know, offending anyone that would say, okay, well, you're taking this a this too far, you know, then what's the problem? I don't see one. But at the same time, it's the complex part is that there are always the underlying current of intention that you don't know about. Um, And that's the scary part when someone tries to culture appropriate, like, are they being envious? Are they jealous? Are they, because as we talked about over history, they tend to, if they're jealous, family included, anybody that's, you know, you're doing better than them. If they see that your culture is better than them or your music's better than theirs, you know, and they want to be you, sometimes that's borderline dangerous. Um, So it definitely depends on the level and the spectrum of how appropriated this person is and their intentions behind it. Is it just, is it part of their characteristic is it just because that's the way that they were born and they just fit more in that culture? Or is that the way that their mindset is? Is that the way that their environment was? Like, it, so it depends, I guess right? that would be a, a, I guess it would kind of depend on the product of environment, right? Because Correct. if, like, let's say, actually a great example of that, Lapita, Lama, uh, Lapita uh, Yambo is Mexican. Um, that being said, if you didn't know you would see like, oh, she's speaking Spanish and she's dancing to all these Spanish songs and she's, you know, wearing the, the, the garms of Mexico because that's where she's from. And you don't know that, but then she comes to America and this is how she dresses and she acts. Some might take that as she's cultural appropriating um, based in ignorance, not realizing that's where she's from or even that there's Afro-Latinas that are out there that it is very well possible to be uh, her skin complexion and still be uh, Mexican or Cuban or Puerto Rican or whatever the case is. Again, the only thing that she should be worried about is how dangerous that person is. I wouldn't, I don't care what people think about me. Is how, no, no, what no, no, are you no, going to no. tell Because that's, 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 that's not my thing. People get offended. That's the thing. Like people are right. offended. And their offensive behavior leads to what generally? Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so I, I would just, because I'm always curious, because like, again, and, and today with the internet, you see something, you see someone wear something, and you don't necessarily know the uh, the history, and when you wear, like, oh, I wore, the, like, I wore, a, I don't know, let's just say a, a feather on my head, because I thought it was cool, and then come to find out, like, Native Americans, like, oh, you shouldn't wear those kind of feathers, because that represents whatever, whatever, and your argument's like, but I just seen it and thought it was a neat thing to do. Now, if you've been educated and you continue to do it, I could see that like, no, that's cultural appropriating because now you're you're ignoring what you've been educated on doing. Now, also, if you're a product of your environment, let's say you grew up on the reservation and you learned about all this stuff and you're a part of that culture, then no, I wasn't. Like it, it goes back to when we were talking about someone using the N-word. Like, oh, you can hear when it's a natural, oh, they just grew up around people that use the word. And yep. that's why they speak it a certain way versus you're appropriating it because you want to say it because you feel like I I have the right because I seen it and I like it. And now I want to do it. Uh, exactly. 
But yeah, the the last thing I want to say and contribute to this piece is that, you know, I don't judge anybody. No one else should be. The only last person that should is God. And if anybody feels the need to have to judge somebody else and tell them that they're the way that they are is right or wrong is should be condemned themselves because that is just like none of your that's like not your territory. There's no one's territory to judge anyone else. Yeah, I I do my best not to judge people, but I mean, I'm human. I judge people. Um, but my judgments are usually based are if people are threats to me or not, or can I trust Correct. them or not. Aside from that, like what you do, as long as it doesn't hurt me or mine, by all means, continue to do you. Um, I'm going to continue to do me, right? Exactly. But this has been a great conversation. I know we didn't touch, I mean, we touched a little bit in pop culture and um, that's good enough for me, but uh, again, my platform is we're having conversations, things that people aren't talking about, things that are talking about. Uh, the reason why I, I use the name Sleep Talking is because, well, one, I go by the name Sleepy J, but also like when we talk on our sleep, sometimes it don't make sense and sometimes it does. And we don't know why it gets to where it does. We just like, oh, it was just a conversation that happened in my sleep. So uh, hopefully uh, anyone that's listening to this, they enjoyed it. I, I will say, because I did ask you about your feedback, feedback that I got. Uh, they liked our conversation. They liked our back and forth. They thought it was a, a good, natural conversation. Um, some people, I guess they were, uh, they wanted to hear you sing because they're like, your voice is kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, sounds kind of like a smoker voice. So they're kind of curious to see what you sounded like singing wise. <laughs> smoker uh, voice? I have a smoker voice? It's kind of, yeah, kind of, I guess the lack of way of describing it is kind of deep and smoky sounding. To oh, them, like no. Yes, I like that. So um, they were like, I'm just kind of curious to see what the voice sounds like when they're singing, because some people, their voices change quite a bit whenever they started singing. So uh, a friend of mine with, uh, told me he listened to this podcast, and he went back and listened to the one that I was on. Uh, tell me to listen to Chandra's podcast episode. And so uh, a few of my people did go back and uh, listen to That's why I was curious about if your, your listens well, went up after being on here. Because oh, one thing yeah. I didn't realize is uh, with the analytics is, so uh, on, on, on Anchor, uh, because it's powered by Spotify, it shows that I have uh, 52 podcast, uh, our Spotify listeners. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting because Spotify listeners is only makes up about like 12% of my listeners. Majority of my listeners come from Apple. So the fact that that 52 so, people are from uh, Spotify actually makes me think like, wow, how many other people on these other platforms are actually listening to it? That only if 52 people make up 12% of my listeners. Like that's crazy right <laughs> yeah i have to show you my statistics how many uh listens have you had over you said five years uh i've had over i've i'm heading out towards uh ten thousand listens wow uh, you know you need to pat yourself on the back like that's huge yeah congratulations the, for that the first year i hit like five thousand and i was just like it was just like one day like i was consistently posting posting i think i was probably four or five months in and I come down here to Dallas. I was visiting my family and my cousin was like, how's the podcast? And I said, actually, I just <laughs> hit 5,000 listens. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, and 
I get tripped out by looking at analytics as a musician and as a podcaster because in my mind, I'm just a guy in St. Louis, middle of America, or I'm just a guy in Dallas, Texas. I go to work. I do my thing. I'm not thinking, like, who's listening to me? And then I see someone in, like, Ukraine is listening or someone in Argentina is listening. Like, wow, power of the internet is crazy. Did you see the analytics where they have – they're now – monitoring frequencies from all of the planets now. Earth, I have not seen Mars, that other than when you Venus. posted that. <laughs> yeah, I posted it because it's on there. If you click on the word demographic geographic demographics, it pops up a different screen. I don't know if it's by accident then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, hey, in today's world, we're, we're shooting down UFOs, so... I'm just saying. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? They actually, you know, after I found that on the analytics for uh, Spotify, which is now Spotify for podcasters, they changed the name. Um, now they, I guess they have multiple podcast platforms now. They just put them all underneath. Really? Is that what happened? Yeah. So, because uh, what happened was I got kicked out. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I don't have Spotify. Like, why is he trying to keep logging me into Spotify? I know, it's so mad. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, so then I had to like switch my, because I have Apple, Apple automatically puts my information in. And so I had to switch it to Anchor. So once I put my Anchor credentials in, then it showed like, oh, Anchor. And then there's like two other podcast platforms that were included in there are now Spotify, or yeah, Spotify for podcasts. So I guess they've acquired some other companies and they just put it all underneath that umbrella. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm on, I think, 10 or t- ten or 11 platforms. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a lot. Of, it was easy. It's, you know, I, actually, when, you, when I found out you were on Anchor, I was like, I forgot, because I, I had mentioned on LinkedIn one day a few years ago about talking about Colin Kaepernick, and you had commented, like, oh, I can't wait to listen to this. And I don't know if you ever did, but I just assumed that, like, oh, from my ad, you probably heard about Anchor that way, and that's how you got on there. Uh, Honestly, how long ago? Because I haven't, see, I haven't been on LinkedIn in years because my ex-husband started stalking me, uh, right? It was, it was yeah. And so I haven't had, like, a lot of stuff in a long time. Like, I honestly just got Facebook probably a couple months ago because of all of it. Yeah, I remember when that, like I said, I honestly, your your husband was the, the blessing and the curse in that situation. Exactly, he really is. Because that's kind of where I, I like I had talked to you, I connected with you for a savage, that's what it did. And then, and then uh, from there, uh, we had a few interactions from there in your tarot readings or whatever. Yes. But then I seen that he had did all that. And after that, yeah. I was like, I need to check on her because I'm concerned about that whole situation because I seen the the slash tires busted windows breaking into the house oh and all God. that. And I have to say, Juan, you have been actually one of the most loyal friends since high school. I swear to you. And I have to give you credit because like that is so nice of you to like, you know, one, you got me in connection with your wife who I was able to help, you know, and you were supporting my business that way. And now you're supporting my podcast. Like you've been one of my favorite friends and I like don't give you enough credit. I mean, you are on my 
you know, Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that. Like you're uh, very consistent and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, it goes to the, again, the way we talk about how people are afraid to be, uh, truthful. Um, I have a lot of my own endeavors. I do music, I make beats, I, I record podcasts, I do all these different things. And I think that if I am going to ask you to listen to my stuff, the very least I could do is listen to your stuff. Now I might not be able to listen to everybody's everything all the time, right. but if I can plug people and help them out. Um, somebody I went to school with in elementary school started his own floor program, uh, flooring pro, uh, business in St. Louis. And when he posts his work that he's done, I share it on Facebook because this is what the internet is. If we can network and show someone, and I can't guarantee someone's going to buy your, your business or listen to it, but what right. I can do is help shed the light of like, hey, if you're interested in a podcast, here's a podcast, listen to it. If you oh my God. I do the same thing about yours. Like when I talk to people, I talk to them about, you know, obviously my podcast, but I talk about the podcast that I did with you because it's like, you know, we're all inspire, re-inspiring each other. You know, he took a break. I never had one. And now here we are together, like co-hosting separate shows, but on this, like doing something grand on both sides. And kicking ideas. Like that was the whole thing with the, the Tom Hanks thing. Like I said, my idea was like, you know what, this is down your lane. Let me kick it to you. Check it out. Because what I found from our conversations is some of the stuff, like I said, I read and listen to a lot of different things that maybe I know about and you don't. And then what I found out in some of our conversations is like you hadn't heard about those things. So if I can point you in a direction of some, you know, topics to kind of talk about or incorporate, you know, that just helps your your programming for future or content for future. Because as we were like, as I was saying, the, the chicken and waffles thing. Like you didn't it know definitely fills in the spaces where I hadn't thought about yet because I mean, like I said, I've only been doing this for two months. You've been right. in the business for five, so mm-hmm. it's just like I'm taking baby steps and like over <laughs> here doing leaps and bounds. Okay. Well, one thing I one thing <laughs> I noticed is that you're starting to do like I don't know if you're doing it on purpose if what? you have that much content, but I see that you're doing like seasons on your episodes. Yeah, I'm just doing four episodes a month, once a week, because that's what it is, no? Well, so what I was, uh, the way I look at seasons is I I base it on years. So when I say I'm five seasons in, I podcast for five years. Now, you can do it however you want to do it. You can do, oh, a season for me is every uh, eight weeks because... Uh, a lot of TV shows, and maybe you take a break in between there, so you can get more material together. Whatever, the case, however you want to do it, it's it's your platform. How you want to no. work. So <laughs> the thing is, the reason why I did it because I didn't know any other way. So I appreciate you giving me this constructive feedback. This is awesome. I like unsolicited advice. Anyways, um, I just did it because I needed to organize it. I needed a way for people to be able to know which order to to listen to it in. Yeah. So. Um, because each season can be numbered. So like whenever I do my format, I'll I'll say episode, like I didn't say what episode this is because I haven't decided which order I'm going to put it in. Because like I said, I banked a couple of them. But um, it'll say episode, it'll say EP 076, if that's the number. And then I will say with Michelle Bernard, um, maybe I thought there's a topic that I, I feel like it hits heavy and I'll put that in my title too. But then whenever I fill out all the information um, on Anchor, like you can put like it's season one, episode 12, because it's the 12th episode that you did for that that year. Um, 
So like with me doing season so five, I think this all season one is what you're saying. Yeah, you can do it that oh. way unless unless you want to take a break. Okay. Yeah, you can put. Yeah, no. you can do season one episode. Like if you know it's your twelfth episode, you can just put the twelfth episode and number it all the way until. And then if you do it every week for a year, you know, at that time, it'll be 52 episodes. And then you're like, oh. Then there's bonus content. Yeah. So, Ooh. and so like I, uh, on my uh, sports podcast, so I did cool. one, uh, I have my cousin that's on there and me and him do it together. That's a full podcast. When I do it by myself, I call it a half episode. Or if he does mm. an episode without me, it's a half episode because we're not completely there. So. See, I went and I researched like how to do the episodes and number the seasons because it was so I did this for my last one my last uh podcast episodes that I just recorded so mm-hmm. it's basically a season and then the season has segments no the yeah. season has episodes and then this episodes has segments and so it was confusing on how to like do that in the way that you're talking about because I, I think it originally that's the way that I wanted to do it because yeah, I wasn't I was, thinking about seasons. I just saw the boxes and was like, I need to fill these in. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it threw me off because I was like, episode one. I was like, wait, what's it? I thought I listened to episode one. So it threw me off. And I was like, oh, she, maybe you're trying to, because I know we talked about how, oh, you need to get as many episodes in there. So maybe you were just trying to make it look like it was been around. No, I was just trying to organize it. That was it. Yeah. So, oh, I can go back and change it, and it instantly updates everywhere, which is right. amazing. Yeah, that's the best part about it. So, yeah, that'll um, be easy. So, I'll have but, like 15 episodes after today, or well, not after today, but yeah, after your, your niece's one. The one, no, 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 because that's episode 14. I just recorded another one, I haven't had time to edit it because I was so tired yesterday. I got you, but. Again, I thank you for being on here. Again, if you have any questions about your podcast, let me know. I will help you the best that I can. Like I said, it was, a small, it was a small tip that I could give you. Again, I've I've been working with the platform for a while. Um, so, but until next time, take it easy. Uh, if you want to follow me, you'll follow me on TikTok, Instagram, uh, at CPJ, S-L-E-E-P underscore E underscore J. Or you can follow Michelle on her podcast. Do you have any social medias? Oh, yeah, definitely. I am Empress Tarot Truth on Instagram or Why Me Now podcast. Excuse me. Um, I also am on Facebook as well as LinkedIn, Instagram and TikTok. So uh, you can look for me on any of those sites, Michelle Bernard or Empress Tarot Truth or Why Me Now podcast. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye.